Women to Watch is an intimate look into the lives of prominent and influential women leaders from around the world and the challenges they faced on their journey. It's the real story behind her title. Join us every week to hear more stories about women from around the world and in your own communities at womentowatch.net. and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's so great to have you here with me this week. Joining me in just a moment, my guest will be Bitron Liu. Bitron is the co-founder and CEO of a new tech company called Lumos Tech. Um, it's an incredible new product, uh, a sleep mask, actually, that um, high-achieving athletes are using and other communities that do a lot of travel and are different time zones on a regular basis. I'm very excited and honored to have her with me. As always, you can learn more about the show by visiting womentowatch.net. And um, stay tuned for um, during the breaks to hear from our watch team contributors. So now I'm very excited and honored to welcome to the show, Bitron Liu. Hi, Sue. Hi, Bitron. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. And just so our viewers know, you're, I believe you're in California with us? Yes, I'm in Southern California. So you're, it's the morning for you and the afternoon for me. (laughs) Which is interesting in light of what we're going to be talking about today on the show. Um, As always, I want to start at the very beginning of your life and give our listeners and viewers a sense of um, where you came from and and where you developed your your love of science. Um, So you actually grew up in in East Asia. And I know that your dad was an agricultural professor and you spent a lot of time outdoors and in nature. And I wonder if you could just talk about that a little bit and and what it was um, about that time you spent that developed your interest in science? Yeah. So I grew up in this mid-sized city in the East Asian country. So I had a pretty happy childhood. Imagine my dad is an agricultural professor. So he had lots of experimental fields where he grew stuff for experiment. And then as a child, he brought me to the field. So I would just spend days like most of the day in the field playing with plants and animals. I saw snakes, frogs, and a lot of different things. I also saw how farmers harvested their um, crops. And sometimes I would just offer my help as a little kid um, in their (laughs) harvest. So it was fun. It helped me understand like the nature, wonder of nature. I also sometimes, I remember one time I brought, um, tapples back and then they grow up into frogs and then the frogs were jumping all over in our house oh my gosh yeah I was doing little scientific experiments as a kid yeah so that Um, cultivate my uh, passion for science how did mom and dad feel about you bringing these little creatures into the house (laughs) oh they're happy like they don't care because I they really give me a lot of freedom growing up so that's why I said I had a pretty happy childhood where we didn't have a lot of material wealth, but I have a lot of freedom in exploring mm-hmm. things that I wanted to explore. 
Um, so the, uh, today, I'm still very grateful for that. Yeah, I know that you were an only child, and you know, d- was it lonely being an only child, or did you kind of keep yourself busy with with those activities? Yeah, so that's interesting. When I was growing up, I did not feel lonely because I had a cousin that um, grew up pretty, were pretty close growing up, so I did not feel lonely. But as I grow up as an adult, looking at other families who have multiple kids or other people who have siblings, that's when I realized, oh, it is really nice to have such sibling relationship that you grow up together with. And as adult, you still share your life with each other. And when decisions, important decisions need to be made, you're not alone figuring out what to do. And then you have someone by your side to make decisions together. Yeah. Particularly, I guess, as our parents age, right, we have to make important decisions. And and that is helpful. Um, So you came to the United States out of college and um, came to L.A. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about how, you know, what what was challenging getting acclimated to a new culture and a new country? um, And what were the things that you loved and were excited about? Yeah, I um, I was very fortunate. I landed in L.A. when I first came to the United States. And then I stay in California for the whole time when I'm in the States. So LA is very, it has beautiful weather, people are nice, and it has lots of diversity. So the there wasn't much of a culture shock, so to speak. It was pretty smooth transition. And I like watching and observing the difference between countries and different cultures. One thing I would say that I noticed is um, in East Asian countries, there was a single mold of what a good life would be. So there's expected you do good at school and then you get a good job at a good company, you get married, you buy a house, you have kids, and there are certain timelines that you have to hit those milestones at. If you're late, people are going to be like, that's not good. But here in the States, I find that there are a lot more diverse value in what a good life would be. So you see people doing different things at different time of their life. And that's totally okay. You won't be judged by it. So we sometimes see people in their 70s looking uh, for true love or people in their 50s going back to school because they want to learn new things. So I find it really inspiring. Yeah, that's so interesting. You know, you you and I spoke about this success model, as you described it, that there is a successful um, success model, I should say, um, in Asia and how different it is here. And yet there are still those here in the United States that I would say kind of follow that model. But we're speaking so much more openly today about there should be not one size fits all for a, a life that you're creating. Exactly. Did you bring this this kind of um, you know discovery to your friends and family? Yeah, sometimes I would talk about that, um, especially when if my friends, for example, were pressured because they think that they have to do certain things at certain age. For example, for women, a common pressure is like, when are you getting married and when are you having kids? Um, so 
I would just tell them, hey, there are a lot of possibility in life. Yes, and explore all types of, yeah. Um, let's talk about other, um, there's another difference that we spoke about, and you said that people focus a lot on the greater good um, as opposed to focusing on themselves first in order to take care of the greater good. Tell me a little bit about how you discovered that and where you've seen it. Yeah, I think that's... Um very distinct at the beginning of COVID um, when I compare like different. So the Asian culture, we were taught from the very young that we should put others above us, like before us, we should put others before us. So it's others needs or the greater good before the individual's needs or rights or whatever. So that's very common in East Asian culture. Here, I noticed that it's individual first, like your, your well-being, your safety, your interest, and then you look out for others. It's like the on the airplane, it says you put on the gas mask before for, for you before you take care of others. So that's an interesting concept that I had. It took, a, it took me a long time to adjust. Um, but I think it makes sense. For example, we talked about women in the family. Sometimes we are like uh, givers. A lot of women are taught to devote their life and energy to families and then put their family's interest or the family's well-being uh, first, take care of the kids, take care of the husband, take care of um, the, the parents when they're old. Mm. Um, sometimes women make sacrifice during this process. They might sacrifice their career. They might sacrifice their education in order to do that. Um, but I think it it is also very important for women, especially moms in this in the society, to look out for themselves, so that a happy mom would bring it has a more higher likelihood to bring a happy child. Mm. Because when a mom is suffering or when a mom is hurting or when a mom is feeling insecure, it could pass this, it could affect the relationship and the attachment pattern of the, the kid. Once the moms take care of themselves, then it brings the positive effect for everybody around them. I think it's so interesting that you you kind of, you know, you were raised and then you came to America and started to notice these differences. Sometimes people will say, you know, you should focus on the greater good and it's selfish to think about yourself. Um, when you were growing up, I, I'm curious if you you were raised that way. Were you thinking to yourself, this doesn't feel right to me? I have aspirations beyond um, my family and, and feel as though I have something to contribute. Um, and then I can still think about others and help others in that way. Were you feeling that when you were young? Um, I guess not really what that's because when I came to the States, I was still very young. So I wasn't thinking about sacrificing for family or whatever yet. Um, and I think compared to most 
families in Asia, my parents gave me a lot of freedom to explore. So I left home pretty early on to pursue education. And they allowed me to do that. That's why I came to the States by myself. Um, and they thought it was fine. A lot of parents would think that, hey, it's not good for the kids to wander around so far away from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was fortunate in that regard. Yeah, I, I forget, Bichon, did you receive your PhD in the United States? Or yes. You did, okay. Yeah. Um, I want to share a quote. You said, I thought I had a happy childhood, but through therapy discovered an underlying sense of insecurity because nothing I did was ever good enough. This is something we hear so often, um, particularly for women. Tell me, tell me about that and what, where you are on this journey of kind of reflecting and, and learning more about yourself. Yeah, so I first discovered this. It took me a long time and a lot of therapy to find this. But the root cause, I think, is in the East Asian culture, there are several factors. Like we deeply imprint it and affect our later career. One is humble is regarded as like a virtual in East Asian culture. So when you succeed or when you achieve something, it's usually expected that you attribute your success to people who helped you and then people who worked with you or, and or circumstantial factors such as luck. So it is discouraged to attribute that to yourself, say you did this, you work hard, and then you own your success. So growing up, I was deeply imprinted imprinted with this kind of thought that I always thought that it was because of others who helped me. I was so fortunate and it's the timing that it's right that things go well. So because of that, we rarely celebrate success because you know it's the others, it's the circumstantial factors. There's nothing to celebrate. Um, another factor is Another factor that I recognize is um, in East Asian culture, you like to, at least that's what I was taught, you always look up to people who are better than you and you try to beat them instead of looking at people who may not be as good as you and then feel good about yourself at the comparison. So the direct result of that is there will always be people better than you, no matter what you look, where you look at and then what you're looking at. Like in a greater scale, there will always be people better. There will always be people better than you unless you're a world champion. Well, most people are not like that. So that I think after years of reflection contribute to my sense of insecurity as that, sure, I've done something, but then if you look at the wider scope, there are always be- people better than you. Mm. And then you always try to strive to be like them, to work harder, to push harder. Like nothing will be enough because there will always be people better. Yeah, I, I think that's so sad because I think ideally you don't ever want to look outward and compare 
we should always be only looking within ourselves, right? For what our dreams are and what we're here meant to do. And you have clearly been incredibly successful and are, you know, um, very smart, curious, interested in, in creating something that's going to help um, people. Would you say, having discovered this, where are you today in allowing yourself to be proud of what you've done? I'm still trying. I'm still trying. So this like inner work is a journey for me. Like you said earlier, when I started therapy, um, I did not recognize this, where this insecurity came from. So I was very resistant to the idea of any therapist trying to pry into my childhood. Because I always thought, what are you most talking about? Are. No, most right. people don't want to want to go there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, I had a happy childhood. What are you talking about? Just look somewhere else. But then it's a long and continuous journey for me mm -hmm. to keep reflecting. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until when my parents are here right now, because I just had a baby. So they came here to help out. So it's until my parents are here. And I told you, like, I left home very early on for school. So it's been a long time since I spent a lot of time with them. And then as an adult, when I spend time, a lot of time with them right now, it makes me reflect and see things that I did not see when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So... For example, when I was a kid, we I would do good at school. So I was good at school. And then even if I get a good score at school, my parents would be like, hey, you might not get that next time. So keep trying harder, keep working harder, and don't be too proud. That's a very, very common um, thought in East Asian culture. Because it's true. Like when I look at it, here today as an adult, it is still a true statement that whatever happened, you might not get it next time. But it's a brutal thing for the kids to not being able to celebrate. It's just, I did not know that. Yes. And then, yes. And here, seeing my parents again and looking at hearing and seeing what they talk about nowadays, they still have the mentality of, hey, we have to keep trying harder. We have to keep like staying on our toes because whatever we have today might not be here tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm interested in knowing what they have said to you about this company that you, you know, you, you've started and this product you've created. It's a big deal. Are they excited for you or, or, you know, they're more like nervous about it because they're risk averse. Oh. Yes, yes. Remember, I told you there's only one type of good life model in East okay. Asian country, and that's working at a good company. So wandering around and then creating your own company and doing all those random things. And I got I got married late. So and postponing marriage and then having a kid at late. So these all things are considered as a disarray from the normal expected path of having a good life. Right. So they were pretty nervous about it. But at the time, you know, they came here and they see how, what their life, what our life is like. And then they, they say, oh, okay, this is not that bad. But they gave, them, they gave me a lot of freedom, but it doesn't stop them from worrying about me. Right. You didn't follow the model. 
<laughs> I did not follow the, the model. model. My gosh. Um, I just, you know, and, and entrepreneurs are, it's, it's always a great risk, but that's, what's so impressive to me. Anybody who, who takes the risk of starting their own company has a lot, must have um, a belief somewhere deep down that, you know, that they can do it. Um, would you say that, that, you know, in seeing the progression of Lumos Tech, have you embraced that, that you are brave? It's courageous what you're doing. Yeah, it definitely takes a lot of courage and it, it's very risky. So there are a lot of ups and downs in the journey. And, um, and one thing still, that I've learned. Yeah. And yes, still, it's still, yeah, still. Yeah. So one thing I've learned is when things are good, learn to celebrate. And then when things are bad, you try to shoulder down. You, you hunker down and then you try to get through the difficult times. Yeah. Um, listen, we're going to go into our first break. And when we come back, I want you to talk about the company and, and what the product is and what it does. Um, stay tuned for a spot from two of our sponsors, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and Penn Community Bank. And we'll be right back with Beatron Lu. We are CHOP. And we can't wait to show you around. We're the nation's first children's hospital. Now, a care network with more than 50 locations that continues to expand. Three state-of-the-art research buildings with 1.5 million square feet of space. We have grown from 12 beds 165 years ago to nearly 600 beds and one of the best children's hospitals in the world. We have a level one trauma center. 11 floors of patient units, more than 20 operating rooms, first-of-its-kind delivery unit for babies with birth defects, a separate cardiac operative and catheterization suite, and places to learn, like our internationally recognized simulation center. We have trained generations of leaders in the field of pediatrics. We are world leaders in medicine, surgery, and science. One of the top recipients in NIH funding for pediatric research. In this building, pioneers in CAR-T therapy, mitochondrial disease, brain tumors, hyperinsulinism, and other rare diseases. Here, groundbreaking work in fetal surgery, genetics and genomics, and neurology. In our newest building, leaders in social determinants of health, clinical informatics and epidemiology, autism, trauma and injury prevention. Our patients come from every... Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. State and 115 countries. Meeting these challenges requires the best and the brightest. We are passionate about pediatrics. We are motivated to make a difference in the world and in our community. We are a team. We are CHOP. Philadelphia to the Lehigh Valley and everywhere in between. For 150 years, Penn Community Bank has been a part of your neighborhood. Helping businesses start, supporting families as they grow, and staying connected to the people and places that make this region special. It's who we are and where we're from. Penn Community Bank. Here we are and here we grow. Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. And the big story on Action News. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Hi, and welcome back to the show. I'm speaking with Bitron Liu, and Bitron is the co-founder and CEO of Lumos Tech. Um, and let's talk about Lumos Tech and what it is. Um, you know, I, I say it's a sleep mask, but it's so much more. So um, why don't you tell our viewers exactly what it is and how how you came to start this company? Thank you. So Lumos Tech Lumos mask, <clears throat> it's a sleep mask with Stanford technology that is designed to help people sleep better. 
So it's a sleep mask form factor with light therapy inside the mask that people can use when they have challenges to sleep. For example, when they travel across time zone and have jet lag, or when they work nights, or when they have difficulty falling asleep or have trouble waking up, or when they just need to change their sleep schedule rapidly for some reason. So these are circumstances when people's sleep can be disrupted, their natural sleep cycle can be disrupted, and they can use Lumos to help them. This might be really hard uh, abstract to, to say so. Uh, it might be easier for me to throw a few examples of our customers. So one of the customers is like a female CEO. So she travels for work. Usually if you travel from the West Coast to Europe, it takes about a week to get over jet lag. And for her, she uses our mask before she flies and then she can arrive in Europe and hit the ground running, no jet lag, no problem. Another example of our customer would be, he's a um, ICU doctor. So usually ICU doctors work at night. And then for him, going, getting off night shift and then getting back to the day shift schedule is very challenging. It usually takes him more than a week to get adjusted, but they don't have more than a week in the transition time. With our mask, he was able to cut down this transition time to uh, from six or seven days to two or three days. So it helped him rapidly transition to his normal schedule after coming from night shift. So, so she was, he was able to sleep well. And then another example will be um, one of our customers who, according to her husband, would never get up before 10 a.m. because she's a natural night owl. And no matter what you do, no matter how important this is, she would never get up before 10 a.m. This creates a mismatch in her sleep schedule and her husband's sleep schedule. After using our sleep mask, the Lumo sleep mask, he now she's up 7 a.m. every day. She became oh a morning person. So wow. now her sleep schedule and her husband's sleep schedule are matched. They no longer have this, this synchronization in their bedtime. Can you talk about the, the, the actual um, algorithm or, you know, what, what is exactly the technical side of the mask and how does it work? Yeah, for sure. So we know that inside our body, there is this natural biological clock that dictates when we should feel sleepy and when we should be alert. That's what's called the circadian clock. And then that's the number one factor that dictates when we should sleep and when we should wake up. If you try to sleep at a different time than when your body thinks that you should be sleeping, then you are not gonna sleep well. Because if you're trying to fall asleep when your body thinks that you should be awake, or you're trying to be awake when your body thinks that you should be sleeping, then you won't sleep well. You will feel sleepy when the time that you want to be awake. So usually this circadian clock is regulated by sunlight. That's why humans are evolved to get up during the day when the sun is out and then sleep during the night when it's dark. So research at Stanford from Dr. Jamie Zeiser's lab uh, he's our scientific advisor. 
So he discovered that, hey, instead of using sunlight, you can use very short flashes of light to change or to regulate this circadian clock inside our body. So that's the foundational technology, light therapy technology that we're using in our product. For example, hmm? oh, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so if you're in our user's example, if she was flying from the West Coast to Europe, then naturally her body will have jet lag because her body clock was still in the West Coast time when she arrives in Europe. And what our product can do is we use this light therapy, the light flash technology that was proven at Stanford lab study to shift your body's clock so that when she uses the mask before the flight and tells the, tells the Lumos app that she was flying from the West Coast to Europe, then we generate this light program that we think will be the best for her specifically according to her sleep schedule and travel schedule. And then we generate this light program in, and have the light program deliver in the sleep mask. Then she wears the sleep mask the night before her flight, and then she flies, she'll land in Europe. Wow. So first of all, you're, you're dealing with not only individual consumers, but organizations. And I believe one of your most recent contracts is with the WMBA. Yes. Yeah, one of the teams. Yeah. So we recently got a contract with uh, the Connecticut Sun, one of the WMBA team. So they are one of the pioneers wanted to uh, explore ways to boost the performance for the players and the, the coaching staff. So both the physical performance and the cognitive performance. The WNBA team, I don't know if you know, the WNBAs, are the, they have the most intensive travel schedule out of all the major sports. Oh, I did not know that. Of all yeah, sports, so, not just in, in bas- professional basketball. Right. Wow. So they would travel across um, the continent, across the coast. So coast to coast travels three times a week sometimes. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're just constantly in new time zones. And right. So, okay. When, when they travel. Did they find you or did you reach out to them about the, pro- the product? Uh, we reached out to them. Okay. Before that, we had some success with individual athletes, like the highest caliber athletes. One of our users is, um, he just won the world champions in the World Athletics Championship. So we have some success with individual athletes using our product. Because, you know, athletes need to travel to different places for competition. And then their body condition becomes paramount when they travel to a new place. They want to get adjusted as soon as possible so they can compete at their best. So we have individual athletes using the product to prepare for their competition, and it worked really well for them. They love the product. That's when we thought, hey, if it works for individual athletes, let's find the sports that has the most intensive travel schedule, and then let's try to help them. So that's when we find out, oh, WNBA has the most intensive travel schedule, and then we should just reach out to them. 
And so have they been using it, the product, and you're getting feedback from them? Or was this, is this a brand new, brand new? This contract? is a brand new, yeah, this is a brand new contract. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine because if, if this starts to work for any and all, um, and it would eliminate people taking sleep medications, it could be phenomenal, right? If this light therapy works, um, that would be a huge, huge milestone for Lumos Tech. Yeah, exactly. Because light therapy is non-invasive and non-pharmacological. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to take the pills and it's not invasive. It's just light. So it's safe. Yes. Yeah, it's the minimum. Inv- it's not invasive at all. So yeah. you can take it. Um, and we have this algorithm that you mentioned that we calculate the best sleep program according to your personalized sleep schedule and your personalized sleep needs. For example, the sleep schedule um, of a traveler would be different from a sleep schedule of an ER doctor that would be a different from a newborn mom. So these are different things. And we take these lifestyle and sleep needs into calculation when we generate the live program that we think it's best for the users. When did, I, f- I forget, when did you launch the company? Oh, it was a long time ago. It's a a definitely ago. a whiny journey. So, uh, yeah, tell yes. me because the journey of an entrepreneur is up and down and up and down and up and down. Where is the company today as far as size and, and revenue? And, and is the product affordable for, you know, can we walk into a store and get it? Uh, you can get it online. Okay. So you can go to our website and then order the mask online and we'll ship it to you. So right now we're direct to consumer. Okay. We're thinking of going into the store later. Right now we have both like individual customers who order from our website as well as organizational customers. So think about organizations who have employees who travel a lot for work and have to stay at peak performance. Also, employees who might do night shift and then they want them to stay alert during the night shift. So these are the potential organizations that they will care about their employees. So we have a few uh, organizational contracts with these people, these these organizations. That's exciting. How big is your company? It's very small. It's still very small. Still very small. Yeah, we have less than 10 people right now. Oh, wow. Wow. I just am surprised that the product hasn't just kind of taken off and, you know, become more known to the, to the public yet, yet, yet. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do. So from a technology maturity standpoint, our product has been uh, tested in multiple IRB approved and human subject studies. We just finished one study um, funded by the department of defense. It's a double blind placebo-controlled study looking at the impact of our product in night shift workers. Mm-hmm. So it's um, the, the result was very, the preliminary result, it hasn't been done yet. It hasn't completed yet. So the preliminary result showed that we're able to increase the alertness of the night shift workers, especially at the end of the night shift. So usually at the end of the night shift is when your body really hit a wall. Cause like 
at 6 a.m. after working overnight, you're just really tight and your body temperature drops a lot. It's just, it's hard to stay awake and they have to drive home. So usually accidents happen during this time because you're just really tired. And we were able to increase the alertness of the period at the end of night shift and during their drive home significantly. So this, we're super excited about this result because this will change the life of a lot of doctors and nurses and whoever does night shift, um, make them feel safer when they drive home. Yeah. And we're able to increase their awareness during the night shift as well. Mm-hmm. So imagine doctors will be able to make better decisions with higher alertness. Yes. Or is there anything I'm thinking about the therapy? It's this light therapy. Is there, are there going to be, are you thinking about other uses for it? You know, are there other products, you know, that, that are on the horizon coming from Lumos Tech? Yeah, there are a few other products related to circadian rhythm that we're developing. So a healthy circadian rhythm is the foundation of healthy sleep. That's why in addition to the sleep mask who actively help you adjust um, your sleep schedule. What leads to your overall health, right, is, is good sleep. Yes, exactly. And then circadian rhythm isn't only the foundation of sleep. It's also foundation for the overall well-being. Because a lot of things hinge upon your circadian rhythm, like your metabolics, uh, your metabolism, and then your digestive function, your physical strength, your cognitive functions, all these um, performance, performance of your body fluctuates throughout the day according to your circadian rhythm. And then even in the microscopic level, your protein expression and then your... um, gene expression, these are things that also fluctuate according to um, this circadian rhythm cycle throughout the day. So it affects pretty much everything. So having a healthy circadian rhythm is the foundation for your overall well-being, not just sleep and alertness. Yes, it's it's really exciting. Um, I want to talk to you for quickly about, you you mentioned you have a, a new baby. You're a mother. Yes. yes. And um, again, always very impressive to me, young entrepreneurs who have new babies at home. And so that is a full-time encompassing role to be a mother and taking care of this newborn human being um, and also be running a, a company. First of all, it's a little boy. And I wonder, in light of the things that you've discovered about your own upbringing, what is your plan to be very intentional with him about um, supporting his dreams and aspirations and, and letting them not be, you know, following the manual? Right. Yeah. So I was thinking about this quite a lot. I think raising a kid is like planting something in the garden. Like you can do your best to get your garden ready and then you plant the seed. You can do your best to watering them, give them fertilizer and then give them the best condition. But you can't control what, how they're growing into. You can't control what kind of plant they're growing into. So it's a combination of nature versus nurture. And as parents, you can do 
the best of the nurturing part, provide the best condition for them. And then you just need to embrace what they are. Give them lots of freedom, lots of good opportunity, and then love them for who they are. I love that. It's, yeah, yeah, I love that analogy. It's beautiful. And it makes total sense to me. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, you can't really put them in a box and expect them to grow exactly like what you expect, like the East Asian model of they have to do it this way. They have to do these things at this time. So, I will, yeah, I will tell you, it, it's been done in the United States as well, though. I think for a long, long time, you know, we had a similar um, societal model of be educated, go to school, start a family and, and do it in this timeline. But I think today we're learning so much more about how that is not how it should be. Some people shouldn't even attend college. It, it doesn't necessarily mean um, that that is going to lead to success for them. So, we, you know, we talk about that on the show a lot. Um, I wanted to, we just have a moment left and um, two questions I have for you. D during the times that are stressful, which I'm sure with a newborn and a new company, it's probably daily. <laughs> what do you lean on? Do you have a mantra, um, just a life philosophy that you go to in those moments to kind of help you be calm and grounded? Yeah, so there are two things. <laughs> One is what I, it's a motto that I believe it's said by Bruce Lee. It's called just be water, my friend. So mm -hmm. water is the most fascinating element that it's flexible, it's, it could be powerful, it could be very gentle, it could be conformed into different shapes, forms, speed. So just be adaptive towards different circumstances and then be resistant. So that's so the flow of water. Sometimes, you know, yes. people talk about being in the flow and that reminds me of water. Right. Yes. So the versatile part of water and then the like, it could be powerful. It could be really gentle depending on circumstances. And as a newborn mom, as an entrepreneur, as like, we play different roles in the society that allows us, that requires us to be different types, uh, different facets, if that might not be the right English word, like um, different state to um, deal with different situations. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Practically, I want to recommend, recommend this book that I really like. Oh, it's good. written by um, a bunch of monks in a monastery. And then it's called Beginning Our Day. It has mm -hmm. like a, two books in the whole series. So that's when you said when things got chaotic, how do you, how do I get grounded? And I love reading those books and reading the monks, the, the monks writing. Um, it talks about Buddhism in a very relatable way to our lives and highly recommended that. Oh, great. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. I'm going to look it up right after the show. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. Beatron, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and for being so open about your life story. And I really, I see wonderful things happening for you and your company, and I hope you'll stay in touch. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me, Sue. Appreciate it. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thanks so much for being with me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Bitran Liu. Um, next week, I'm going to be speaking to Lila Yusula, and she's the founder of Bezier Watches, uh, made by women in Turkey, and she's on a mission to help these women. Thanks also to Brian and Helm Creative for producing the show and all of our sponsors and watch team members. Have a great week, everyone.